Baseball is back. Today on Lockdown White Sox, we will talk about the MLB lockout ending and how it affects your Chicago White Sox and three moves the Sox have already made. You are Locked On White Sox, your daily Chicago White Sox podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into Locked On Sox. Thank you for making Lockdown White Sox your first listen each and every day. We're free and available on all platforms. We're free and available on platforms like Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. You can find us there at Lockdown Sox or by searching Locked On White Sox. I'm Sean Anderson. I'm the host of Lockdown White Sox. I've been the host of this podcast for over three months. I'm a White Sox content creator over at CHGO, and it's been fun to bring a lot of White Sox content to you uh, ever since March 4th. Uh, you know, I've been doing Lockdown for a, a long time, and now I've ratcheted up my, my content creation for the White Sox community. It's been a lot of fun to interact with people, connect with people. I did the math. I think I've done like 17 podcasts over the past 10 days. So it's been a lot of fun to really dive in into the White Sox. And it's really fun to have this opportunity to connect with just you. You know, I have the opportunity to talk with you with, uh, you know, Vinny and her butting in every now and then. But as a narcissist, you know, I get to talk to you directly. Uh, I get to be, you know, your your White Sox talk for 25 minutes, uh, Monday, Wednesday, Friday right now. And it's going to be a, a really fun ride because the White Sox have already made some moves with the lockout ending. And that's what we'll talk about today. The lockout ended last Thursday. How does it affect the White Sox? How are the White Sox affected? We will talk about that on today's show. And the White Sox made some moves. They've signed three new players and they lost a player as well. So I'll give you the rundown on those players and what the White Sox are adding. I need to mention that this show is brought to you by Good old friends at Bet Online. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. So, again, this is locked on White Sox. Today is Monday, March 14th. It's typically a Monday mailbag. You can call in at 312 566 8727. That is 312 566 8727, or by writing it at LockdownSocks at gmail.com. I know we have some mail in there already. We got Mike, I think uh, he wrote in. We also have John from Brookfield. He wrote in. And then I think my good old buddy, Mark in the Park, left a voicemail. We will get to those on Wednesday. So if you have any questions about the White Sox, any questions about how the lockout affects the White Sox, any questions about the lockout, any questions at all, you can call in at 312-566-8727 or write into LockdownSocks at gmail.com and we'll answer those on Wednesday. I'm going to take a quick water break. When I have other people on, uh, you know, in a podcast with me, uh, it's not, it's easier to take water breaks because I can ask them a question and then take a deep breath. And being in this closet, I never realized how hot it does get. So I might be taking some water breaks here. So I, I do apologize uh, for that. But let's jump into the MLB lockout. Last Thursday, the lockout was agreed to be ended. Uh, they, they agreed to a CBA, the players and the MLB. Um, and it's a bad habit of mine saying the MLB. It's like probably you, uh, Chicago, and saying jewels or the jewels, right? I know it's just MLB, but come on. It's just our lexicon to add plurals and articles where they don't belong. But the MLB lockout ended last Thursday, thankfully. And it's been very exciting to see the bevy of moves that happened. I'll give you the basics. Um, it's very good that the players waited at past the deadline that they did. The owners were not truly arguing in good faith. I blew up in my car about that around the day that that happened when Rod Manfred suspended the first two series of uh, the Major League season. It didn't matter at the end of the day. They're still playing 162, thankfully. Uh, 
But so, I mean, it really doesn't affect you as a fan. You're still getting 162 White Sox uh, games this year. Your you're just schedule's pushed back a little bit. Um, it's The season's still going to end on uh, October 3rd. So I think Mark was going to go out to San Diego to go see the Sox play the Padres in October. Thankfully, that's not canceled. So I'm glad Mark will get to go enjoy that. Hopefully, I'm, I'm remembering that correctly. I'm, I'm sorry if I'm not, Mark. But now the White Sox, the spring training starts on March 17th. They got a split squad against the Cubbies that day on St. Patrick's Day. And then their first full team uh, spring training game will be on March 19th. The opening day for the Sox will be in Detroit on April 8th. And home opener, the home opener for the White Sox will be against the Seattle Mariners on April 12th at 3:10. So, you know, lockout-wise, are the Sox truly affected? Like, no, because it's going to affect all teams the same way. So the biggest effect is just you had to wait for baseball, which sucks. And I'm happy that the players got a better deal. You know, I, billionaires at the end of the day aren't going to make a deal that's bad for them. And, you know, at the end of the day, the only players that could make a bad deal are the players. And looking at the deal, looking at how the MLB finally came closer to what the MLB players wanted, I do think it was at least a fairly negotiated deal, even though 15 deadlines were blown. So I, I really don't think that, you know, too much is going to ripple and hurt the White Sox. The addition of an international draft in 2024 is interesting just because of the way the White Sox have built out their roster uh, through the international draft and, and through some of, you know, international signings. Obviously, Jose Abreu, a pretty big international signing. Uh, Luis Robert, pretty big international signing, uh, right? So they've been able to take advantage of that market. Now with an international draft, it's going to be based on your record and that's going to be in the White Sox window. So that's a little bit tough to swallow, but you know, the White Sox are going to have to adjust. And hopefully, they'll, it, the MLB draft wouldn't matter at that point. And, and at that point, you know, you just got to get better at scouting. So, and Marco Patti, uh, Marco Patti, I, I have a very bad Chicago uh, need to F up names. Marco Patti of the White Sox. He has been influential in so many of those international signings. Uh, you know, hopefully they have the right guy to find some talent out there. He's been able to scout some of the, the bigger uh, name talents. Hopefully, uh, you know, he's able to build out an international scouting staff that helps the White Sox take advantage of the international draft when that comes around in 2024. Uh, but really, at the end of the day, baseball's back and that's all that matters. I mean, baseball is not going to change too much. You know, universal DH is happening in the NL, but as Sox fans, that really doesn't affect us because we've been dealing with the DH since, uh, what, 1972? So it's uh, it's not a new rule to us. So I'm really excited that baseball's back. Really excited to talk to you about baseball. And again, White Sox baseball will be soon on your television, and that is a great thing to hear. Now, got to take a quick break because... It's that time of the year again as well. In March, not only is spring training happening, but the college basketball tournaments are back and they are finally upon us. From all the latest odds, contests, and player props, BetOnline.net is the number one source for all your sports betting needs and info. BetOnline remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline is your continued source for all your favorite sports wagering information needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and actions. BetOnline, where the game starts. 
Thanks for making Lockdown White Sox your first listen each and every day. Lockdown MLB Prospects host Lindsey Crosby is a prospect encyclopedia, and he's going deep on the MLB stars of tomorrow. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Now, with the lockout ending, the biggest thing that is affecting the White Sox is they can sign some players, and they've been active on the market. They have signed three players, which I think right now is the most that any team has uh, signed to their major league roster. There's no confirmation of if one of those guys is on a major league deal. Uh, the one report that I have seen that I can trust uh, is from James Vegan. I know that he wouldn't report anything. I mean, he's a very, very good reporter. Um, if he's tweeting something out, I feel like he's got it you know, from a good source or a good enough source that he trusts. And he says that he thinks the Vince Velasquez deal is a major league deal. We're still getting more details on that. Um, But at the moment, all we know is that Vince Velasquez is signed to deal with the White Sox. Uh, We'll tell you about Vince Velasquez. We'll tell you, you know, about him. Hopefully it's a minor league deal. uh, But right now we're unclear about that. But the White Sox have been active. They signed Josh Harrison, an infielder, formerly with the Oakland A's, formerly with the Washington Nationals, formerly and probably most notably of the Pittsburgh Pirates. He's a utility infielder, mainly a second baseman. The White Sox signed him for $5.5 million, very similar to the Leary Garcia contract. And the White Sox also added relief pitcher Joe Kelly. He signed a two-year deal, so the White Sox are adding more to their bullpen. Let's talk about the players that they've added. Let's start off with Vince Velasquez first, and I want to read the Baseball Prospectus. I really love the Baseball Prospectus annual. Um, Baseball Prospectus is a great outlet. Uh, a lot of analytics in there, um, but uh, just very smart baseball writing. You can check them out, baseballprospectus.com. But they have this big-ass book, and I, I have it right now on my table below me. And they have little player uh, write-ups about you know what these players truly mean. Um, and I really find it informative, especially for players we haven't watched, because I can look into stats, but you know these are writers that watch them while they're playing. Uh, usually, you know, like James Vegan uh, just brought him up. Uh, he wrote all the player descriptions for the White Sox, so uh, you know you're getting truly good writing uh, from this book. And this is the write-up from Vince Velasquez. He played with the Phillies last year, and then was designated for assignment, and he was picked up for the San Diego uh, Padres. He was mainly a Philly for his entire career. You might remember he threw out Jose Abreu from left field. He was a pitcher uh, with a great arm, really good athlete um but you know pitching hasn't been a great thing for him in a major league career but he's not been a bad pitcher he's kind of like an average to below average pitcher but a really good athlete showed off a good arm and could play left field a little bit if uh we get really into some trouble uh but vince velasquez again we're not sure if it's a major or minor league deal just yet not enough info uh we'll try to get i'll try to retweet that from uh, lockdown Sox twitter account but this is from Baseball Perspectives on Vince Velasquez. The Phillies designated Velasquez for assignment midseason, and he was picked up by the San Diego Padres, where he somehow pitched even worse than he did in Philadelphia. Velasquez has all the makings of a pitcher who could break out in the right hands, a high spin, high rise fastball that gets a lot of swings and misses, set off by secondary pitches that should tunnel well with it, at least in theory. The problem, these pitches end up tunneling straight to the middle of the plate often is not he's got the stuff that doesn't need to nibble but he can't scarf down the strike zone in one bite either or either surely there are a few teams still salivating at the idea of turning velasquez into quality major league pitcher he'll be the sort of free agent signing that gets called under the radar the more fitting description might be who the hell knows and that's why I would like it better if it was a minor league deal, because who the hell knows? I think the same uh, category can be put on Kyle Crick. Who the hell knows? But Kyle Crick signed a minor league deal, and I'm really happy with that. I think that you know he can get a lot of work down in Charlotte. I think that he could be an interesting player that uh, Ethan Katz can work with. I really like the, um, the, the Kyle Crick signing. And Vince Velasquez, I like the signing. 
in theory, just like this baseball prospectus write-up says, because there are interesting things. He can't find the strike zone, but he's got a lot of swing and miss. And Bennett Carroll said this of, of Sox Machine. He, he's a contributor over there. If you liked pre-2021 Carlos Rodon, it's somewhat similar. Uh, you know, a, a good background, drafted in the second round in 2010, 58th overall, uh, you know, good athlete, uh, right-hander instead of a left-hander, but big swing and miss stuff, uh, not a blazing fastball like Carlos. Carlos could rack it up to 99, 100 even. Uh, you know, the average fastball, it says, uh, listed here on Baseball Perspectives, around 93 and a half. So not a blazing fastball, but high spin. And, you know, hey, we got the right guy, we think, in place in Ethan Katz. So maybe that's the guy to unlock him. So an interesting signing in Vince Velasquez. I hope it's a minor league deal. And, you know, the big thing that Rick Hahn and Tony La Russa have said is pitching depth is going to be key this year. And the White Sox right now, you know, how much can, how many innings can Michael Kopech throw? How many innings can Garrett Crochet throw? Uh, there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of question marks. So if Vince Velasquez is a minor league pitcher and some depth pitching and not on the 26 man, I really like the deal. Uh, if he's on the 26 man, we're going to have to see what moves have to be made. Is Jose Ruiz not going to be on the team? Uh, is uh, the other player was, uh, uh, who else is out? Uh, Reynaldo Lopez, I'm sorry. Uh, Reynaldo Lopez is also out of options. Um, I would really hate to see Reynaldo Lopez go, um, but, you know, we'll see. I, I think that he's more interesting than Vince Velasquez. So, again, hopefully Velasquez is to a minor league deal, but we will have to wait and see. The other, the other player that they signed, uh, one of the other players that they signed was Josh Harrison, second baseman. He's 35 years old, was drafted in the sixth round in the 2008 draft. Again, former Pirate, former Tiger as well, uh, former National, former Oakland A. And here's the write-up from Baseball Perspective. Part of Oakland's trade deadline binge that was more supermarket sweep than spending spree, Harrison struggled in the two months with the A's. The power and plate discipline he started showing in 2020 stuck around for 2021. The key to a remarkable turnaround for someone released by the Phillies right before the 20 season started. Capable of playing around the diamond and still swinging a solid sick, he's in line for another one-year deal as a super utility piece for the right contender. And they say right contender here. And they say super utility piece. I do imagine him more as a second baseman. Uh, throughout his career, he's had 23 defensive run saves as a second baseman. He's been pretty much, you know, he's been serviceable. He's not going to wow you, I think. He, he'll make some athletic plays. He's a good athlete, even still for 35. Uh, it, when he's healthy, he's a good player. And, and I think that you could see some of the nightmare seasons, uh, you know, right right before he went to to the Phillies, like it mentions here, uh, when the Phillies released him, uh, he had a really rough season in 2019 with Detroit, but he all, only played, you know, uh, uh, I think around 39 games. He was injured. So when he's healthy, and he, I think that, you know, when he's got motivation and a, and a good team around him, I really do like Josh Harrison. I think that he could be a guy that... You know, he's, he's clearly shown that he has the right routine to be a, a major league baseball player. Uh, we kind of saw this with Brian Goodwin and, and Billy Hamilton. Like, it felt like they got into good routines. They can get into good swings. But I do think that Harrison has shown, I mean, he's a former all-star. He could be a guy that can post a, a two-win uh, season, a, a three-win season. Uh, if he has the right pieces around him and he has health with him, I think that being a part of a team that is a winning culture, and especially the, the very exciting culture and the clubhouse the White Sox bring, I think that he can be a guy that can revitalize his career. Uh, a one-year deal, it's not very risky. Uh, the second base market was very, very thin, and I think that Harrison was probably one of the better of the bunches. And I really overlooked him, to be honest with you. I, I, I looked at Brad Miller. I looked at uh, who else was it? I, I liked Gene Segura, the Phillies, um, but he would have been difficult to trade for. I don't know if Phillies even want to give him up. And the other guy I think I looked at was Jonathan Scope. So I, I think that at the end of the day, or no, it was Jed Lowry. 
Judd Lowry's right over here. Um, and Judd Lowry, I mean, he's got more injury history, or at least more injury concerns. So Harrison, I honestly like him better than Judd Lowry, the more uh, research I've done. So I think that Rickon did a good job there. I think he's probably your opening day uh, starting second baseman, hopefully batting eighth. Uh, I know that James Fox said that Tony La Russa is probably going to bat Josh Harrison second on opening day, but uh, hopefully uh, we can see Luis Robert uh, in that spot. And then the final player that the White Sox signed was Joe Kelly. He is, you know, formerly of the Boston Red Sox, formerly of the St. Louis Cardinals, formerly of the Los Angeles Dodgers. And he is a big TLR guy. Apparently, this was reported. I forget which Dodger reporter had this, so I apologize. But he said that uh, Tony La Russa was uh, instrumental in the signing of Joe Kelly. Joe Kelly was a part of the 2011 Cardinals organization when Tony was still the manager. Kelly made his debut in 2012. Uh, so he missed Tony as a manager, but still in the organization. And then in Boston, Tony was a part of the 2018 World Series winning team. And Joe Kelly, also a part of the 2018 World Series winning team. Uh, so that's the connection there and apparently instrumental uh, Tony La Russa was to bringing in Joe Kelly into the White Sox. The past three years, Joe Kelly has spent with the Los Angeles Dodgers. The thing that I like about him, he throws hard as hell. Uh, I said that he throws hard as S, and that's the White Sox mantra. His average fastball is around 97.8 miles per hour. So let's go Joe Kelly. And here's the write-up. Uh, from baseball perspectives, in June, Dave Roberts made it known that the ever-erratic Kelly had dispensed with the name Joe. This new, more effective version of Kelly was Joseph Kelly, who throws strikes. And, to Joseph's credit, he was indeed a pitcher transform, aided by the change in mentality and an off-season surgery, which removed a painful cyst from his pitching sh shoulder. Kelly posted the highest strikeout rate and second lowest walk rate of his career and even made effective use of a changeup, which went viral after he was filmed breaking a window trying to develop it. By the time the postseason came around, Kelly was the bullpen's primary fireman, not the player who necessitated one. So shout out to Joe Kelly. He's he's made some tweaks and we'll see what Ethan Katz can do with him as well. And I, I do like that. Uh, Joe Kelly is a guy with a great uh, a makeup, a great mentality, uh, a guy that really doesn't care what you think and and is 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 kind of a a fire starter i like that uh very similar to liam Hendricks, you know a fiery fiery guy and, and I, I love the passion and i love the fact that the white Sox are going and getting guys like josh harrison and joe kelly go get guys that you know are, are veterans that want to win that are passionate about baseball that's what this whole clubhouse is about i mean tony la Russa, this is something i've learned from vinnie duber and working with him you know that's all tony does all tony cares about is winning the day's game uh and i know that you know managers at the end of the day don't matter uh, i thought this team was a 93 win the 2021 team i thought the team was a 93 win team before the season they won 93 games i i think that again you know managers don't matter at the end of the day but at least the clubhouse makeup matters the culture matters and the culture is Let's win some effing games, boys. So uh, I really do like the Harrison and, and uh, Kelly signing. The Velasquez one, it's yet to be seen. Because if it's a minor league deal, it, it truly doesn't matter. If it's a minor league deal, let's see what Vince Velasquez can bring. Because it's a shot in the dark. But if he's a major league piece, that scares me. Have you tried the Puffs yet? If you haven't, you're missing out on one of Built Bar's best-tasting bars. Puffs are the first-ever protein-infused marshmallow. They're fluffy. They're marshmallowy. They're not just a protein bar. They're a treat. And they're covered in 100% real chocolate. Puffs are a fan favorite with some incredible flavors, like yummy cinnamon churro, coconut marshmallow, and banana cream pie. All of these are so good, and they are going to be your new favorite. All Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. Yes, the puffs included, 100% real chocolate. These are low in calorie and high in protein. If you are 
really, you know, on a candy bar binge, it's, you know, some Easter candies out, you can replace your candy bars with these because they're better. A typical candy bar can be anywhere from two to 300 calories. Built Bars, most Built Bars contain 130 calories, four grams of sugar, four net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. These are healthy, and the best part too is Built makes these things taste amazing. And there's so many flavors from you to choose from. So go check them out. All of these great flavors at Built.com. Use the promo code LOCK15 when you do, and you can get 15% off your order. Again, use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. And some sad, maybe bittersweet news. Good old friend, longtime White Sox. He's been in the organization since 2014 when he was a first-round draft pick. Carlos Rodon is now a San Francisco Giant. This signing happened just a day after the lockout ended and disappointing to me as a White Sox fan, and I think disappointing to most White Sox fans because he really did endear himself to the fandom, especially in 2021 after a fantastic 2021 where he finished fifth in Cy Young. He signs a deal with the National League West Division Champions uh, in 2021, who won 107 games, the San Francisco Giants, for a two-year, $44 million deal. The second year is a player option, too. So Carlos, if he wants, can go make $22 million this year. If he stays healthy, he can go even get more money. Uh, And hey, if those injuries act up, he's got security for two years, which is absolutely great to hear. And Something else that I saw too, which is, you know, just made me sad. Uh, this is from Andrew Baggerly, who is from The Athletic. Uh, he writes for the San Francisco Giants. And he says, Carlos Rodon officially gets it. He picked a number other than 55 out of difference to what Tim Lincecum means to the Giants. And I thought immediately, I swear to God, if Rodon picks a single number, if he picks like five, if Carlos Rodon has the number five on his back, I will buy a Giants jersey immediately. That would be the sickest thing ever. I love Carlos Rodon. I think he's the coolest guy in the world. Uh, I just, I love lefties. And you're throwing 100 with a dirty slider. Like, I, I loved him. He endeared me back in 2017 when he wasn't even good. Four innings against the Cubs, he struck out 11 and hit a double, like, in Wrigley Field. Like, I've always loved this guy. He's been great to watch in the White Sox uniform, and it's great that he's getting security, and he's great that he's getting paid uh, to the talent that he is. He is a very, very phenomenal player, and you know some of the discussion recently is I've been trying to figure out why the White Sox didn't extend a qualifying offer. Uh, it seems that you know they didn't think that he was worth eighteen point four million dollars, uh, whether it be injuries, whether they wanted to allocate those that money in, in, in different ways, you know. It just didn't seem the White Sox thought that he was worth 18.4. Now, and and also with the medical, you know, Carlos Rodon has not pitched a lot of innings. He pitched over 100 for the first time in a long time in 2021. But even then, you know, look at September, he started to wear down a little bit. Uh, he, he wasn't able to reach up to, to 95 uh, in September. October, he was able to hit 100, which was fun. Uh, but he wasn't able to even be uh, super consistent in October. So it really feels like the White Sox just didn't think with his injury health that 18.4 was was right for him. And, you know, what's right for him is getting the most amount of money. So that, that's really, you know, all I could be. Uh, uh, that's all I could really say is I'm happy that Carlos Rodon got paid. But it is a bad taste uh, because the White Sox are a contending team. And when I don't see them making similar moves like other contending teams, it makes me disappointed, and it makes me wonder why. Uh, I hope that they're making the right move through their process. But the San Francisco Giants are in an arms race with the Los Angeles Dodgers, and they're not you know, missing any steps. 
They are trying to be the best team in the NL, and that means the best team in their division. The White Sox are already the best team in their division, but they're not the best team in the American League. So seeing other teams make moves like that, it, it does put a sour taste in my mouth. But at the end of the day, the best news is that Carlos Rodon got paid. So congratulations to Carlos. Congratulations to Ashley. Uh, they got a very fun family. Uh, very, very, very awesome to see him grow and blossom. And uh, shout out to Ethan Katz. You did good, kid. You did good with Carlos Rodon. And Carlos Rodon worked his ass off to get where he was. So, again, bittersweet. Very happy for Carlos Rodon. And I guess that's what we'll end on is, you know, thank you, Carlos, for your time in Chicago. You were one hell of a player to watch. Very, very fun. And we'll see what other moves the White Sox make. I will keep you updated on the White Sox moves, both here on Locked on White Sox and on CHGO. Thank you so much for listening and making this your first listen each and every day. Our next episode will be on Wednesday. It will be a Monday mailbag, but on a Wednesday. We'll call it What Up Wednesday. Shout out to Tanny and Herb. Call us at 312-566-8727 or by writing in at LockdownSox at gmail.com. Now make your second listen Locked on MLB, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call him Sully, brings you his unique perspective on the major leagues past and present. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts.